Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to Facebook, Twitter, a bunch of places where you can hear our podcast, our Amazon store, and more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's talk about spelling. I always like competition. I like playing football, basketball, baseball. Love games. When I was a kid, I played Parcheesi, Chinese Checkers, Monopoly. I remember there was one game I played on a little kid called Uncle Wiggly. Anybody remember Uncle Wiggly? It probably preceded Candyland back then. Competition like Little Men that my brothers and I played where we had little two-inch tall plastic soldiers or Indians or cowboys. Competition was all around. Everything I did was a competition. Am I taller than you? Let's see if I'm taller than you. Am I faster than you? Let's race. I bet I can ride my bike to the end of town before you can. One, two, three, go! As I got older, competition continued. I played football and basketball in high school. I played softball and basketball when I got older. I used to play golf until I moved to where I live now. The last thing I want to do is go out and chase a ball out in the hot sun after working outside out here all day long. So I hardly play golf anymore. My wife and I, since the great lockdown of 2020 happened, we started playing a game called Settlers of Catan, but we invented and spun a way for two people to play. And that's been fun. At least when I win, it's fun. Everything's a competition. If you don't think business is in the competition, then you haven't been in business. If you don't think getting the first tickets for a good seat at a concert's competition, you haven't been at a concert for so long, you've forgotten. A lot of people view getting a new iPhone as a competition because they'll camp out for two nights waiting in line to be the first one to get it, which I even have a hard time wrapping my head around. Poker, that's a good definition of competition. I have a couple grandsons that like to play me in chess. When they play the Settlers of Catan with me, I'm always accused of making little kids cry, but they might as well learn how to lose so they can appreciate winning. I do not mind losing at all if I'm not a perennial loser. It does teach you humility, and it does ease you into being a gracious winner later on. Nobody likes a bragger when you win. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing a little dance when you win, but rubbing your opponent's nose in it afterwards, in my opinion, is uncalled for. That's why you shake hands at the end of a good old fight, good old football game, good old game of cards doesn't matter. The National Spelling Bee used to happen every year. You would have a winner out of tens of thousands of kids that participated. The last clear-cut winner was in 2018, a boy from Texas. The word he won on was Koinonia. You spell it K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Seems simple, but he won the National Spelling Bee with that particular word. I was in a spelling bee one time. Now this was a step up from when you're in fourth grade, you all stand with your backs against the wall and half of you are on one side of the room and the other half of you are on the other side of the room. And the teacher goes one by one. One time it's on the left side of the room, next time it's on the right. Jimmy, 
spelled giraffe. J-A-R-U-F, giraffe. Jimmy, you can sit down now. That happened from about third, fourth, fifth grade. We'd have those little spelling bee contests every once in a while in school. You remember those? Well, when I was in the sixth grade, we had a spelling bee there at our sixth grade. I cannot remember if the fifth graders were able to participate or not. Our school there was fifth and sixth grade. So let's just, for a lack of a good memory here, just say it was us sixth graders. And we all stood up there, and one by one, we had to sit down because we misspelled a word. Well, all of a sudden, there were just ten of us left, and I was still standing. Then there were eight of us left, and I was still standing. And then there was four of us left, and I was still standing. And then there were two of us left. And Jim, please spell scissors. S-I-S-O-R-S. Scissors. That is incorrect, Jim. Dan, please spell scissors. S-C-I-S-S-O-R-S. That is correct, Dan. Dan has won the sixth grade spelling bee. And the first top five of us or something got to go to the county spelling bee. And so I got to go. I went home and told my folks and my mom was so excited. She said, we've got to practice. You've got to practice. I'll sit down with you every evening and we'll try spelling words. Mom, do I have to? I made second place, Mom. Come on, Jim. You can do it. I'll help. So every night after dinner, while my brothers and my sister and my dad were watching TV, I had to sit in the kitchen and Mama throw these words at me, and I'd have to spell them. I kept telling her that I was the second place in our whole school, that I didn't really need to practice because I'm good. I know you're good, sweetie. Now, how do you spell this word? Well, the day of the county spelling bee was here. And the first four places in the county spelling bee got to go on to the state spelling bee. And we all went to the high school and we sat in the gymnasium and they explained the rules to us. And then all of us that were at the county spelling bee, there's probably about 30 of us, walked up on the stage and they proceeded to ask us to spell words. I was the third person in line, and the first two people spelled their word just fine. And then it came my turn, and the man standing behind the podium said, Please spell exaggerate. I looked at him. He was looking down at his paper with a pen in his hand. I looked out at the crowd. I know my mama's out there. Where is she? Everything's foggy. Everything's blurry. I squeezed my eyes together a couple of times. I couldn't focus. What's going on here? I got this. I came in second place. Exaggerate. A-C-T-U-R-A-T-E. Exaggerate. That is wrong. You may sit down. I walked down the stairs off of the stage and went to the front row where a bunch of empty chairs were for everyone that was going to miss their word. They had to sit there. And I sat down all alone. Just me. 
I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I was the only one sitting there. I was the first man down. Well, it didn't take very long, probably a couple more kids. And then they asked Dan, the smartest boy in school, the person that won our sixth grade spelling bee at our school, they asked him a word and he missed it. I have no idea what the word was or that he missed it because my head was just swimming around and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And the next thing I know, Dan came walking ever so slowly towards me, kind of scratching his head, looking back at the man standing at the podium, looking at me with disgust in his eyes. And he went about four chairs over to my right and sat down by himself. I looked at him and I scooted over, said, what happened to you? And he mumbled something that I have no idea what it was. Not that I can't remember. I couldn't tell what he was saying at the time. Well, at the end of the spelling bee, a girl from the town with the lake up north of us had won the spelling bee. They introduced her and they said her name was Roxanne. I remember she had a ponytail. And I think the top three people were girls. I looked over at Dan and I said, Man, those girls are smart. And Dan didn't even respond. Well, I just figured it was just great being there. I had no idea how I ever got there. I know my mom wanted me to practice more than I did. And I know I didn't take it very serious. And I know my mother probably was proud of me even if I was the first person down. And I wish I would have honored her a little more and taken it more seriously and practiced with her with more enthusiasm. But oh well. Anymore, if I need to spell a word, I'll yell over at my wife, say, how do you spell such and such? She usually tells me. I used to have a dictionary right by my computer monitor, but anymore, I just start typing on Google if my wife's not there to answer me. And it'll tell you. And if you misspell it, it's old, good old Google will say, do you mean such and such? Yeah, that's what I mean. Thank you. We have an unabridged dictionary at our house. That sucker's about nine inches thick, maybe 10. Big old hardbound dictionary that the only thing I've ever used it for is back in the day when we were first married and went over and visited, met her family. They pulled that sucker out and we played a game called dictionary. And you looked up a word in that dictionary and you would say it and spell it and everybody would write down what they thought was the definition of the word, turn it in, and then the person that picked the word would read all the definitions, and we'd all have a fun time doing that. I always tried to be silly and stupid and give some way out answer. Didn't even pertain to anything. Wasn't trying to define the word. I was just trying to get a little laugh. Today, grammar and spelling really don't seem to matter. If you doubt what I say, just look at Facebook. Number one, why things are misspelled on there, I have no idea. Everything has spell check on it. It's going to underline it in red, let you know. Also, your grammar on any kind of word processor is going to highlight something in blue, let you know that that's not quite the way that sentence structure should be or how you inserted that word there 
or that is not really the past tense of a word you're trying to use in the past tense or something and yet people still do it. My biggest pet peeve is what happened to the capital I. Now I understand when you watch closed captioning with a movie or a YouTube video or something that the I is not capitalized. I understand that part. That's a robot doing that. But I, for the life of me, don't understand why you don't capitalize I. It's like Jim. Lowercase j, lowercase i, lowercase m. I, lowercase i, am, lowercase a, lowercase m. Jim, lowercase j, lowercase i, lowercase m. Baloney! That is not the way you do it. You want me to call my friend Leabeth? my favorite English teacher in the world on you? That is not the way you do it. Well, I know the world changes and everything changes, but sentence structure and spelling and grammar should really never change too much in the English language. I know we're always adding words, and a lot of words just kind of go away, away like the landline telephone, I guess. I'm glad that I got to go to the county spelling bee. That's something that I've never forgotten. Maybe it's because I was the first one to sit down. But you know, 60 years later, whatever, it doesn't really matter much. I bet old Dan still remembers being the second one. If it wasn't for me, he'd have been the first. He should thank me, I really think. Kindness is everywhere if you choose to participate. Thank you for joining me today. I'll be back next Wednesday. For anybody who's interested, wondering why I didn't tell the 2019 champion, I only told the 2018 champion, the 2019 National Spelling Bee was an eight-way tie for first place. Now this is only my opinion. It really doesn't matter much to anybody but me. But I need to share it with you since you're listening and I had to take up about 30 more seconds to get my 15 minutes in today. How can you have an eight-way tie for first place? Come on, give me a break. That's not competition. Now that is not coming against those eight young people that are so smart and so accomplished. But I don't know about you, I'd rather have one clear-cut winner. Were they all supposed to share that one trophy?